Yeah, I, I'm Jackson. I have zero experience with carpentry. I studied at a school for historic preservation in Boston and learned about how things were built, you know, 250 years ago. There's a long way to go. I'm nowhere near the top. Not that I thought I was, but there's so much more to do out there. Welcome back to the Passion for Craft podcast. Today we are uh, going through the comments again. Um, and so how appropriate that our We've only done it one time. It's not like me, we do I'm it all the time. Um, what did you say? It's not like we do it all the time. <laughs> You're right. You're like, we're doing it again. Well, we actually like, had a two-part video on our questions and answers series last time. And so last time, yes, that was like four months ago. Correct. Episode 25. And so if you're on the YouTube, that is the most current <laughs> release on the YouTube. Okay. And oh, these are from YouTube. YouTube, right? This is YouTube. And so we are. Yeah. So, hey, guys, we are monitoring our YouTube page and replying to comments all the time. AKA once every <laughs> once every eight months. So uh, we appreciate your comments. Really, I watched a video that was explaining how your shorts can get more you know traction among people, and um, they recommended turning off the notifying your subs uh, whenever you release a new short because you know shorts should just naturally come up on your feed as you like something, but not notify you. Like, so if I'm subscribed to, to Richard's channel, I don't want to get a notification every time he uploads a short. I want to get a notification. Especially because his shorts are terrible. <laughs> I you usually know, just wear, window I don't even wear shorts. More of a pants guy. But, but to say, you know, I, I really want to, uh, I want to know about your videos, you know, I want to yeah, know about yeah. your long form. So, uh, so I lit, I clicked in and looked into that. Long story short, now we're here. Uh, Long and I story found, short, I like that pun. Yeah, thanks. There now I'm. I was noticing we have like all these unanswered comments on our YouTube page, and so we were we were pretty diligent at the beginning of it, and then uh, there's a lull of about eight months <laughs> that we have. <laughs> lull, the small lull. I think you'd call that a you know blatant <laughs> neglect. You could have uh, almost yeah. had a baby. In That's that, your in words, time. not ours. Yeah. <laughs> this is our YouTube baby. We were pregnant. Um, so what we're gonna do is go through some of the questions that have been said in these comment sections. So uh, yeah, that's that's kind right, of the, let's the game plan. Um, Okie dokie. Uh, first question. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. One day ago, our episode on me just dropped. So we do have just comments on me, but there's no good questions there. So I'm going to move right in. Uh, this is episode 25, our question and answer part two. Someone made the comment, traditional German homes could be classified as barn dominiums. The low German house was a half barn, half living quarters, and they were actually architecturally beautiful. Um, that that was high five 1309. So do you have any comment on that? Do you know much about the, the German half barn? Lower, um, the low German house, I apologize. It's like a working barn yeah, slash house? I mean, a, a little bit. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and go, yes, there's a book in 1420. No. Um, but that's what you I, always like you, do. You like barn dominiums, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you always do. Um, that's your their whole shtick, right? <laughs> my my uh, comment is, is that any building, <laughs> even in Germany, built within the last 50 years is not a handsome building. Okay. What about that building on That's the screen? That's freaking awesome. Well, that is a low German house. So in your face, Barnuminiums can <laughs> but, be beautiful. But that, but that is that's look at also, the aluminum siding. On that's three hundred years old. I mean, that's, that's your not, whole that's, stick. That's, so funny. <laughs> that's like the whole theme of your <laughs> persona. That's all you do. There's this book. Should <laughs> <laughs> be the nerd, the guy doing it, and the cool guy. No, I'm just <laughs> Did you point as yourself for the cool guy? Just to be clear. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Self-proclaimed. Um yes. So again, right? That that's that is much more charming than something built within the last 50 years. So yeah. yes, the low German house, yes, he's right. And that was how a lot of those people, even early Americans, you know, would have, you know, their animals living with them and things like that. Mm -hmm. So half timbering. It, you it, just did a drop on that. It's it's mm -hmm. all it all has to do with you kind of when it was built. What was his question? Was it was it was it more of a comment? Um, yeah, it was a comment. It wasn't a question on He's it. He's saying it was just those are like the first. Barn I was dominiums. asking, you know, because you love Barnuminiums so much, don't you agree that the Low German House is like the 
Anyway, um, Barnuminium. Here's here's the deal. You know that barn project we did. If you follow my YouTube, you know there's there's the Barnuminium today. That's the catch word. That's and and you can go to. I was doing this thing. You can actually there's these house plans that are called shop plans or or house. It's a, there's a there's a word for the house and the shop plan together. In mm-hmm. uh, a shouse. Shouse. <laughs> really. It's something like that. House, I yeah. Guess com- yeah. It's something like that. A and, hop. <laughs> uh, I think it is shouse. Okay. Shop house. Shop house. Anyway, they're uh, they're ugly. They're barn. They're so there's like this whole barn dominium catchphrase mm-hmm. that is uh, deceiving because mm-hmm. some people go, oh, I love a barn dominium, and other people go, barn dominium. So. Barnuminium, in its worst case, is a cheap house built Shouse. like a, like a metal siding. You know, just I'm gonna live in this big barn. It'll be so cool. That's ugly. That's ugly architecture. That is that's we don't need more metal buildings right mm-hmm. now. Um, and then there's the barnuminium, quote unquote, that we did that I wouldn't even call it a barnuminium, but in conversations with the client early on, we were talking about well, it's kind of a barnuminium that is. Awesome. Would you call it a timber frame? Yeah, house? I mean, it was. Yeah, I mean, barn dominium combines the word condo, right? Uh, with condominium, barn. yeah. Uh, and so this wouldn't be that at all. This is a barn house, or mm-hmm. you know, this is really a, a rest restored barn, mm-hmm. kind of more than anything yeah. that's been turned into a house. Anyway, that's I don't even know answer. if I answered the house question, but yes, that's what I would say. Yes, sir. Thanks, nerd. I mean, dad. Uh, the next one is not a question again, but more of a statement. It really, I mean, if we're getting to the core of this one, it is a gauntlet that is being thrown down. Um, and if I'm going to be honest, I agree with D Longmore one, who is the the commenter of this Uh-oh. post. So this is for episode 25 question and answer part two, uh, affordable, 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 Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Um, I keep hearing that word over and over and over. I wouldn't be here listening if I didn't hope it's true, but let's see some actual examples. Not just talk or drawing about it, but actual work on these Average Joe projects. Let's see you produce a new series focused on the Average Joe and doing things with an average budget. For example, I like watching what Richard is doing with his own house. Let's see the actual dollar figures and comparisons doing it the cheap uh, and crappy route. Um, and then as the Bible says, by their fruits or videos, you shall know them. <laughs> well, I was going to say, look at my channel, because I think if, if you're looking for the cheapest way to do it, it's going to be doing it yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. D- DIY is kind of a term we look down on, but I mean, honestly, if you can learn a craft, do it yourself, mm-hmm. you're going to save the most money. But a lot of people just don't have time for that. If you want to see the real crappy stuff, just Go to my channel, hit videos, and then go to oldest, mm. and you'll see real crappy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so you can like, see a literal side by side comparison of yeah. crappy stuff versus. Well, I mean, let's let's do this. I mean, you know, the stuff that you were you used to do, right? When you mm-hmm. would go into these houses and you would put up trim and things like that. What what size projects were those? I mean, were those average two thousand dollars, average twenty thousand dollars, average? You know, they were from two to five thousand dollars. Two to five thousand. Yeah. And you were painting and installing. Yeah. I so was the, an idiot. so the, <laughs> especially for that price. I mean, all anyone who did that, you got a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> it, it's, it's, we could, we could t- spend a whole show talking about that. Yeah. The, the, um, tell me why you say that. Like, what have you learned that make you, that makes you say that now? I think my, I learned that my time is more valuable than I was letting it go for. And I think because I've been generally a pessimist, um, I've just been like, oh, cool, at least I'm busy, you know, like I'll just price low and stay busy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, yeah, I think it's why. I just didn't know my worth, I guess, at the time. Mm-hmm. But now I feel more valuable because I know more. And I and I think that that is, uh, I, I think there's probably a lot of people that can relate to that mm-hmm. um, because the, you know, we've talked about it before, but the but the craftsman and the craft it, it gets beat down so much, and it is a battle, it is a fight mm-hmm. to to try to to try to do good work, to try to make an honest living for your family, but not to be you know eaten up by the Karens out there, you know, just mm-hmm. you know, you know, just just <laughs> whining and, and you know, I, I I see your growth as a as a craftsman, okay. Uh, and a businessman and everything else 
wrapped up in what this guy's asking because don't he's, point at me. I agree with him, but it this guy. Well, I like so at the Billion Brews the other day, you made a good comment that you said I like working for wealthy clients because they they keep craft alive and they allow us to do these things. So it's almost like I mean, if you if you're a client that's on a really minimal budget, I mean just honestly you won't be able to afford some amazing stuff you know mm -hmm. i mean i don't know how else to say well, it, you but know? you're right like you're not gonna be able to put in coffered ceilings into your house you're not gonna be able to like do some of those things may not be able to may not be able. but there is also a way of elevating like i think the happy medium is there is a way of elevating the craft to a point of to where it is still beautiful still traditional still holds the values of you know what's true but then also is cheap and um i think that i'm not sure i agree with that Really? Push back. Um, well, I mean, this guy's comment, uh, affordable, 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 is he, he, he's basically challenging us to... We've said in this video, anyone can have something beautiful in their house. Okay. And so, like, anyone can make their house beautiful. Anyone can make craft attainable in a lot of different ways. And so, and that's big paraphrasing, but essentially that was our claim is that, like, you too can can take part in beauty and, and have a piece of this. And so what I'm saying is you may not go for all the bells and whistles, but you may be able to still get something classically beautiful that is on a smaller scale on a, well, you know. but, but what was his question when he said affordable, affordable it wasn't question. He was asking, uh, let's see you produce a new series focused on the average Joe doing things with an average budget. For example, I like watching because he, because doing, he doesn't think it's possible, or because correct. he thinks. Yeah. But he goes, I want to see the actual dollar figures and comparisons doing it the cheap and crappy route versus the other thing. And so I think what his sentiment in this is is like, I hear that you're the expert. I hear that you do these like on the daily. I, I hear these things, but then also when you're saying like this is affordable, this is not affordable, this like whatever. Okay. He, wa he's he wants won. to see a line item. Yeah. Cause like me too, like I'm a practical guy to where I appreciate what y'all are saying. And I'm like, I believe you at face value if you're saying it can be done or if you're saying it cannot be done. But what I do think is important is I, I want to know like, what is the actual breakdown? And I, I'm expecting quite honestly that it's affordable, but the, the one that is done traditionally and correctly is a little bit elevated budget wise, well, but, but, here's, but not here, by much. Okay. But to uh, what Richard first said, you got, you got to do it yourself. Um, yeah. you know, anything that was good in our early houses is because I built it mm -hmm. right. If we, if we had an elevated, you know, cabinetry built in, whatever, we did something beautiful. It was because I did it. And mm -hmm. because you're saying not, not your company's houses, your personal me, house. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and because me myself mm -hmm. built it and Correct. made it and everything else. Now, how did, how did I make it? How did, you know, what were the, what were the ingredients that allowed me to do that? Going to North Bennett street, learning historic design, understanding craft, knowing how to build things myself. Right. Mm -hmm. Those are all these, I just threw that out, but I mean, there's a lot of work and a mm -hmm. lot of time and a lot of things that go into that. So if I understand what he's saying, you know, how do you get that? How do you do that? Mm -hmm. I would say that it's it, it always comes down to with a client that has a budget is where do you want to spend money okay just on the phone with the client and he's like you know if look if this project's going to be over a million dollars we actually want to wait and do it later because uh, we want to do it right we'd rather not skimp on it now okay and so he is making compromises about about you know what he's going to do when, when I'm working for, for somebody and we're, you, I told you about that project where we're starting to do maybe production houses and things like that, or certainly maybe not entry level, but second level houses, which are affordable. Mm -hmm. Okay. We are making compromises on the things that we're doing that, that can still make it. The number one thing that's going to make it beautiful and affordable mm -hmm. is careful design. I would continue to push back and say it absolutely is possible, but like my house, I take great pleasure in our mantle. Mm -hmm. Okay. That, that was, that was a classically designed mantle, cool mantle. Um, maybe the hood over our deal, but, and, and, you over know, the, stove. yeah, the Windsor moldings, right? I think mm -hmm. those are, those are good, well-designed, but there's not a lot of other things that are in there. Things that, that I've paid money for that I, I've got a few art pieces in there that I'm really proud of. I got a Paranese print that we got in yeah. Italy and that I'd love. Okay. And it was, 
you know, they put money to it. It was probably 500 bucks, right? Now that isn't a ton of money, but it's something I take great pride in. I think it's beautiful and I think contributes and adds to the beauty of our house. So I'm pushing back on him saying it doesn't always mean that at the end of the day, I'm going to have a uh, $500,000 house. that looks like a million dollar house. Mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. it, it's carefully, you know, there, there's pieces and there's things that you're doing on your house that are going to add value and is going to be beautiful. And that, so I am clarifying what I meant when I said that mm -hmm. so that he doesn't think, you know, that I'm saying that, well, everybody can have this. It's easily affordable. It's, it's not, it's you, you're, you're always making compromises. Our clients luckily can afford, you know, if there's a hundred items, they can afford 110 of them. Mm -hmm. I can afford two of them. Right. right. Mm -hmm. But, but it's, you're still, they're still putting in beauty. Yeah. They're still crafting. Well, I just can't do as many of those. Right. You know, if there's a hundred, I can't do as many. Mm -hmm. You brought up a good point. Cause I think from episode one, we've literally been saying just switch moldings from what you can get at lumber yards to Windsor and yeah. look, look what you did right there. Mm -hmm. And you're spending a little bit more, Yeah, but it's still definitely within and it's, everyone's budget. It's, to it's a sense difference. It's not like tens of dollars difference in the moldings, right? Yeah. Like it, yeah. it's like yeah, I mean, if you, cents per foot. Well, let's just, I'll try to put some numbers at my house. Yeah. Okay. So we didn't even go to the trim in the back rooms. We just right. basically started that entry hall and came in the new parts that mm -hmm. we redid. I mean, we probably have, you know, 400 feet of base, you know, 600 feet of casing, right? And mm -hmm. there's not really much crown. And so, yeah, I mean, you're talking if it's a dollar a foot um, for the material and it, and then it's, if in winter it's $3 a foot, mm -hmm. you know, there's your numbers, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, $800 more. Three right? times the cost. Right. Mm -hmm. But you're talking you know, $100 versus, you know, $600 right. or whatever. It's not, yes, it is. Yeah. That's five times or six times the cost, but mm -hmm. it's the numbers are low. Yeah. You know, and so <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're the six times the cost makes it sounds like it's unaffordable. Mm -hmm. It's not. And, and so you have paid more, mm -hmm. but you've also, I mean, like I just said, I just listed off the things mm -hmm. that are nice in my house. I listed off those moldings. And then on top of it, they last longer and they will perform better. Well, well, moldings, not, not moldings in they'll the house. Look better they'll over, look better for yeah. a longer period of time. Yeah. I just thought of something that I should do on our Patreon page because mm -hmm. I'm doing all my stuff yeah. at my house. I should just make like a price list of everything. I'm yeah, that would be really cool. Because yeah, I just put good. my, I did my firebox and I just put my marble in my hearth. and then Get in the comments if you want to see that. Corner. If that would be something you're interested in. I Another thing huge. I did was I walked, I, for my marble pieces, I, I went to different marble mm -hmm. yards because yeah. I only needed a little bit yeah, for, for sure. the legs and then the head. And I just asked for remnants mm -hmm. and they were able to cut me remnants. I handed them measurements. It was like 1200 bucks for that marble. Yeah. And they, with the cutting. That's great. And I just put it in. So That's there's awesome. ways to do it. Like this is going to be a cool mantle mm -hmm. and it's going to be pretty cheap actually. Mm -hmm. Like when you think about a mantle, there's not a lot of linear footage of molding. Yeah. But the, the crafty part is knowing how to organize them. And then I want to push that's back. Right. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's what that, I want to push back piece, on. That piece is a huge piece. Yeah. Cause it, it, it is, I think something we've been saying consistently is like, you can like, Homes are designed really poorly in America and built really poorly and put together really poorly. But we're trying to harken back to a, an understanding of good design. And so, again, with the affordability and, and all of that, it's like these things are attainable. Like even in the doors that you buy and in the, the windows that you're getting, they are attainable in your house. But it's well, and to, to that point, yeah, I was giving an AIA talk in Pittsburgh yesterday. Um What's today? Friday, Wednesday. Yeah. I did that Wednesday. The, uh, um, I said, I made it, I made an announcement in that meeting mm -hmm. and I was, I was sitting there kind of sitting there thinking, and then it kind of hit me and I was like, I would not buy molding mm -hmm. made or designed after 1945. Hmm. Including and the I, ones you've designed. Well, you said that and then you just went, Oh, I said, then I was like, I think that's true. Yeah. I, and and, it's, and it's, it was an epiphany that I was like, no, that's, and I am sitting there trying to think is where, what would be the, the examples of something that wouldn't be true, but the Windsor and the Cucan lines that I designed are all based on historic precedent. Mm -hmm. And so 
I started looking through the, the uh, contemporary molding catalogs and the things that are available at Home Depot and Lowe's and things. All of those are designed after 1945. Hmm. So if you look at traditional molding catalogs, you can buy every molding in those catalogs. But any molding that's designed after 1945, do not buy it. Wow. Wow. Right? That's crazy. But that mm -hmm. goes back to that that uh, that traditional design piece that a lot of people don't understand and why things can be organized better through our eyes, right? Mm -hmm. Because we understand the historic precedent and understand that so that we can, for less money, mm -hmm. build yes. something beautiful. And it's such a fun journey because, yeah. like, we've been doing this for – this is our anniversary? When have we no, – oh, we're almost uh, at a year. Uh, yeah, we are. Black Friday's our anniversary. Yeah. We're so crazy. So, like, just in the last year yeah. of working with Brent on these jobs and mm -hmm. looking at all these stuff – I mean, I feel like confident in like mm -hmm. organization of stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm not like some architect or something, but I've learned a ton mm -hmm. so I can confidently well, walk in. And, and do so stuff. just to clarify our thesis well, statement. Wait. Yeah. Well, because I think one of the things like we, we speak a lot about affordability. We speak a lot about wanting beautiful things and wanting to elevate design. It seems like those, you know, maybe in my mind and maybe in the listener's mind as well, but like I, we, I've been conflating the two of those things maybe where, you know, we can have beautiful design that is affordable, but we just need to know what we're doing in order to do that. Yes. And so we need it. Like the understanding piece of it is, is important, but then also in the affordable building piece, like there is an element of, um, and this is a, a later comment, but, uh, quality speed or cost. And so, yeah, no, I, you know, I, you're I, playing I, with that triangle of we yeah. can take two, but not one. I would also point out and highlight the fact that Richard in the last, you know, 10 minutes has stated that his early stuff, mm -hmm. he, he, he said, you know, was cheap and, you know, everybody got a good deal and stuff like that. Yeah. What's changed? All that's changed is up here between yeah. his ears. Yeah. That's the, he, he hasn't become a better craftsman, mm -hmm. although he has become a better craftsman. But he he has the same yeah. basic level of skill, right, that he had back his then. His skill Measure, hasn't measuring changed. Measuring and cutting. Yeah, measuring and cutting yeah. hasn't changed. Yeah. It's it's all the matter of how you organize and how you put that so stuff true. together. And so if you're a craftsman out there who's kind of throwing their work away, in other words, just, just going for the lowest price, doing that thing, chasing that game, realize that the thing that turned Richard's world around, okay, was that understanding of historic precedent. And I don't know how you would organize that if you agree with that or, you know, is it, if we're going to offer a class, if we're going to have a university where we're going to have craftsmen come in, guys who have their tool belt on and want to learn this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. We would be teaching about classical design and historic building methods right yes i, I totally and agree. you could you could almost take guys who are you know everybody's probably the same skill level if they came to that thing they have to have yeah. a certain skill we could teach them skills that they could apply to and do better stuff make more money everything else i believe so i believe it's all in the mind mm -hmm. yeah it's all in the knowledge of it of what the, it's all organization mm -hmm. like that mantle I wouldn't have known what to do with that mantle really a year ago, the one that I'm building for my own house. But I've looked at the the Batty Langley books, the mm -hmm. inspiration. I've taken a ton of pictures at the jobs that you've had us on. And I'm just like, okay, I think I got this. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. this is going to be. And then I did that Pecky Cypress mantle. That was a huge um, uh, boost in confidence. Yeah. That one. So, yeah, it's all just experience in in the classical orders. I think mm -hmm. I think it all always goes back to one that. of the things I'm thinking about doing, and and I'm thinking about their this university for 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 you know apprentices uh, for journeymen. Is this an announcement? This is a if anybody's interested, the journeyman kind of course. Uh, I'm next fall, next spring. Uh, I just did the first course with my project managers. Um, I'm going to do a master builder university, master builder master class. Master Builder University, yeah. where we are, where I'm basically going to invite, you know, or open it up to 10 builders um, to come in and teach them and train them on things that can make them master builders. Mm -hmm. You could do the same thing for, you know, trim carpenters. You could yeah. do the same thing for those guys. Um, and so I'm throwing that out because I am going to do this in the spring. I'm, I'm this it, coming spring or yes. For, okay. Yeah. You said 24 spring of 24. Perfect. 
um, opened it up, master believer for builders, but we could do the same thing for trim carpenters. Yeah. So if you're on and the Patreon, you, yeah, if you're interested, you have prime access right now. Well, and that's what I was going to do is, is, yeah, open that up and so see what people think. That would be awesome. It'd be awesome. Yeah. How long would it be? Well, the, the plan for mine would be they come in Thursday night, we have dinner, drinks, get to know each other, start Friday morning. Uh, That's cool. Four, maybe five lectures mm -hmm. through the morning, and then they'll they'll actually have to do homework before they come, but they'll send in plans and mm -hmm. challenging things that they're building, and we'll walk through how to fix those mm -hmm. and how to think about those. And then uh, Saturday morning will be a one-on-one -on -one with me, mm -hmm. how to grow your business, how to build your business, wow. stuff like mm -hmm. that. That's so, cool. Um, anyway, so it's so cool. I would think that if you did the same thing with Richard, you know, they come in, everybody goes, you know, barbecue and beer the, the Thursday night. Friday we have classes. You know, Friday afternoon we have that would be awesome. We have troubleshooting session. Mm -hmm. How would you do this? How would you build this? How would you just practice some of those things they learn? And then Saturday they get with uh, Richard and they, they he talks to them about how I'm to, down how to, to do that. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool to write up a curriculum and yeah. that'd be cool. Just so basic Brittany and I are wall. are building that now. We just did the first talk with my builders. What is a master builder? And you know what does it look like today? And the guy, my project managers, they're kind of my 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 practice group. They loved it, so we're going to keep doing those, and then the guinea be pigs. ready in the spring. They're guinea pigs. Mm -hmm. What they say, they liked it. Loved it. Nice. They were just pumped. Yeah, because this is what they're doing every day, and yeah. it's important. You know? And you and what I was showing them is that historically, there's you know four or five guys that's doing exactly what, and this is what they did, and this is how they you know, achieved greatness. And, you know, what does that look like for you guys today? Mm -hmm. It's fun to think about this trade, you know, our profession, our builder as this ancient trade that we've been practicing for thousands of years instead of, Oh crap, I got to go. You know, I'll never get out of this grind. I'm never going to, no, oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. we are, we are practicing a trade and a skill that's like, like, there's it's the great. highest there's form a, of art to me. There's a there's an awesome profession, and so people don't look at it as a profession, and it's an awesome profession. I dropped something off at this downtown post office right here this morning. Yes, that's an amazing <laughs> I mean, Have you been it's, in the architecture? It's unbelievable. I, I've yeah. never been in there, and I was just like, it's like we should come here. The floors are is crazy. A palace. The it, column, yeah. solid marble. Yeah, the marble is awesome. But that's to me, the building is the highest form of art. I mean, mm. I'm biased, of course, but. But well, then also like to have a building like your post office in like a place yeah. like that is really cool. It's like, you know, stable so there, sound. There's a video I was telling Austin and Kristen I want to do that I was driving. The same kind of thing. It's exactly the same time. There's a, uh, I think it's an ATT. It might be a, a an electric building um, that is on this back streets near my neighborhood. I drove, I was cutting through and I drove by it and there's all this Art Deco you know, architecture mm. on it is incredibly designed. And I was sitting there going, okay, it was probably built in 1930 um, because of the Art Deco stuff and things like that. And I was like, this is a, you know, <laughs> a control center. Like right? a utility yeah. building. Yeah, this right? is a utility building. Today it would be built out of, you know, it'd be a metal building. And yet, Ugh. you know, 90 years ago, they designed and built this thing like a cathedral to power it was just like yeah. you're just like what they, were they have they like changed we <laughs> we don't even think about that yeah. anymore and yeah. just it's anyway there's a building on 7th street uh we did a job years ago for a lady across the across the street she was in the high rise and she's like that used to be an, an electric building owned by these brothers or something but in the in the freeze they have like a hand the gripping lightning and stuff no like, way so, yeah yeah, yeah no, it's, it's all so kinds of cool. stuff like that's that. cool it's awesome cool little it's details. like they cared about stuff it was just, it, it's like they but cared then if you look at like modern cared <laughs> modern stuff is just you know yeah it's the cheap and fast. It it's the cheap and fast i was thinking about this you know how you hate that stuff's called builder grade yeah we should try to flip that to business grade like, oh, that's a business grade thing because whoever just they only care about the business, you know. It's business like, oh, grade is like a that. good term for that, yeah. Like, business you grade, would, you're yeah, just, you're just you care about the money, yeah. which is, you know, oh, you business want the business grade, grade one, yeah, because I got all this builder grade stuff, over yeah. There. That's that, I like <laughs> you know, that. Yeah, I, great like idea. That. I was thinking about that this morning, it's like, we gotta flip that, so it know? starts with you. Okay, start calling it business grade if it I sucks. If it's Austin cheap. Right now. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> Starts with you, Austin. Good luck, man. 
Do you have other questions? I got another. I do. I have a lot. We we have eight months worth or a year's <laughs> worth of questions. And we've done so. two. I got a question for you, real quick. While we're talking about flipping the script on terms, why is it called a chair rail? I think it because you said it's not for the chair, or the back of the chair. Wouldn't it be like a pedestal rail or a pedestal molding? It's it's called a dado. It's called a surbase. So um, in in the in the historic pattern books, it, I mean. In, in Beatty Lang's book, he doesn't call it a chair rail. He yeah. calls it a surbase or a dado. And so th there is an historic term. I, I'd have to, I'd, I probably should do a deep dive on when they started using the word chair rail. Because we don't, it doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't make sense. It's weird. I don't like calling it that anymore. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a deceiving, it's a deceptive don't term. They, I thought they just called it that because it was the same height as the chair. That's what he says. It's not true. It's though. not. Like oh, I, I had, didn't watch the video. I had guys pushing back. <laughs> Thanks, son. Um, I had guys love push your channel. <laughs> Big I, fan of your work. I had guys pushing back on me. Goes, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Everybody knows you measure the back of the chair to establish the chair rail height. As I, I sit there, enough people have done that. I was sitting there going, when have I ever? Measured the back of a chair, even when I before I didn't know that. I never measured a chair to figure out the chair. Oh, that's the stupidest thing I've ever. But also, heard. that would also imply you have to have your furniture before you have the house finished. It, it, you know it is. Mean? It is. And a, all chair backs aren't. All the chair same. backs are like look at this. <laughs> this one's higher than that one. Well, the, but there's but there's chair, think about some of the Frank Lloyd Wright's chairs that go yeah. that go up you know four feet high. The right? chair rail would look awesome in that. Mr. House. Wright comes in. What? The? <laughs> <laughs> it's just. It's the back of your chair, sir. It's just. Uh, it, it, it basically what you're saying is is that the chair rail is a functional piece that you're protecting the painting for the for the function of the house and that's not what it, it's this is architecture this is about establishing proportion and scale you're not you, we're not trying to protect the paint yeah that's not what we're trying to do if you did if you want to do that to call it a a protection painting rail yeah. right it is just it I is not a rail would sound it, better but. it is not a chair rail we can come well, we up with a longer change, name for it. We need to change the want. term because yes. I don't like There's a lot of terms. I, yeah, are change. there any? What are the other? That I mean, that's an episode in of itself. But yeah. what, what are the other terms that we need to change? What are some architectural terms that got it wrong? I know coining's one for me. Well, I don't know. You would, you, you're not changing that. I know, but it's weird. Why are we calling it Q U O I N I N G? Yeah, we it's could like do a deep dive on that. The corner. But uh, sounds kind of geeky coming from the cool guy here. Well, you know, I make it cool. I'd like, I'd, it'd be cool when I do it. Because, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, um, well, I've got another series of questions here if y'all would like. Uh, this one is from our How Much Should a Window Cost? So, Richard, uh, I don't know what your experience with windows is, but especially built like science behind windows. So, this may be for. Well, I know a little bit there. about windows, I know about the cost a little bit. Because I got that price. Yeah. We've talked about my quote yeah, from totally. Pella. Um, Do you want to read us the question first? No, or I just, just I like this. It out Let's there. just hang on to <laughs> yeah. that. What do we think, guys? Uh, hi, Brent. Great video. You know, actually, it's all of us. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. Is it agree like this? Anyway, this question is probably more for Brent. Um, I was wondering, how does a guy who went to school and studied woodworking then build up a business around that profession have a son who has no experience with woodworking? Um, <laughs> that is a good question. Let's spend some time there. Usually when a kid has a dad in the trades, he spends all his free time out in the shop trying, to, trying everything he can. I'm teasing. Actually, I do have three questions. With regards to your comments about insulated glass units failing, um, I was wondering if you'd heard of light zone glass out of Canada. They use air between the panes, so there's no danger of a gas leaking out through a broken edge seal and the window losing insulating values. Um, so I, I think this is from episode 21, the how much should a window cost, which is an episode where you talked about the double insulated, double paned glass with the insulating air in between. Um, well, all, all insulated glass has air in between. Yes. So this guy is implying that the, the light zone glass actually doesn't have air in between, but instead has a gas in between, which helps with the insulating values in Canada, which I would imagine is a colder climate if I were to take a stab in the dark. <laughs> well, we have argon gas filled windows here. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's, so it must be a common that was a, thing. What is it called? Point. Light zone? Light zone glass out of Canada. And I think the, the name is just light zone, not light zone glass out of Canada. If you... Light, it's an L I T E. You know what? Austin actually already beat you to it. It's on the screen right now if you want to look at that. Oh, wow! 
So it looks like there's like a film in between that maybe helps with holding the gas in or helps with potentially doing like I wonder what a pet film is. Insulating. Uh, it looks like a clear vinyl roll sheet. It's just like clear vinyl that goes through just probably to help with insulation. I mean, all that is is a fancy piece of insulated glass. Well, I mean, if I remember correctly, one of the things that you'd said in that video, you, a lot of your windows, you're focused on their performance here in the South, here in places where, you know, because this is where your business is and that's, that's the primary focus. Um, but I know you've talked about like looking into other stuff. What's his question though? His question is, uh, with, have you heard of, have you heard of it? But then, um, he asks and he has three questions. So he's, have you heard of light zone? And then he says, do your single pane windows come in styles other than double hung? We can get to that in a sec. Yes. Uh, for colder climates, do you make storm windows with Pilkington Spacia yes, glass exactly. or would you recommend them? And so he basically was just saying like, uh, I think what he's getting at is, you know, you're, he's talking about Canada. He's talking about colder climates. Is there something going on? With Absolutely. Like Here, here's, here's the deal. Okay. We're, we're trying to build a window that's going to last a hundred years. Okay. This light zone glass is a new insulated glass. Okay. They, we don't know whether it's going to last a hundred years. Okay. I suspect it won't. Okay. That would be my guess, mm -hmm. but most things don't. Right. So that I'm not being cynical. I'm just being practical. When you look at historic buildings and our experience of working on historic buildings shows us that these windows do last a hundred years. And so we are copying that to rely on a new, you know, developed glass, insulated glass, is 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 not practical in my opinion. Mm. Um, so we absolutely come up with um, the, do the storms with the Pilkington Spacia glass. Okay, I think that's an excellent idea. The reason we push the Pilkington Spacia over a regular double insulated glass is because the glass is actually brazed with glass on the outside, so we're not relying on a fiberglass or oh, or wow. neoprene or other kind of seal that's going to keep the, the glass from fogging up. The other thing about Pilkington is actually a vacuum seal. That's why there's a black dot there. A vacuum is a really powerful tool that stops the air infiltration, heat, and cold. So, you know, normal insulated glass, three, uh, you know, seven sixteenths, that's about as thin a piece of insulated glass as you can get. Um, it has an R value of two, okay? Those have an R value of between five and seven, okay? And so their, their ability to resist the, the cold coming in mm -hmm. in this cold climate is powerful so mm -hmm. we think an excellent excellent window is a single pane window for so it lasts 100 years and an exterior storm with pilkington glass in a cold climate that would be my solution so, for that sorry when you say an exterior storm yeah that is still a single pane well it's a double pane you have a pilkington spatial glass double. in the storms in the storm what does so that mean the, sorry well the, you've got a storm window so that has that has a storm window so there's your double hung window uh -huh. the storm is hanging where those clips are okay oh so there's a third there's another window that just goes in front it's called a storm window got it and that is hangs what? in the same place the as the screen air. yeah and that's for the cold air because what you're doing is you're putting that storm which hangs in front of your window using pilkinson glass and you've got a very efficient window. And that provides the insulating values, not the actual double hung window. Well, the double hung window is gonna have a, you know, a R value or is gonna have its own piece. But but by putting the Pilkins Spatia mm -hmm. storm in front of it, you've got a excellent window. Would okay, you put cool. Pilkins Spatia in the window I itself? Would. I would, if in a cold window, cold climate, I'd absolutely do that. Mm -hmm. And people go, I hate the black dot. Well, do you want efficiency or do you not? Okay, mm -hmm. because that is the most efficient piece of glass. Mm -hmm. And it's something that's gonna last a long time. Mm -hmm. So quit your <laughs> about the black dot <laughs> mm -hmm. because either you want performance or yeah. you want you know something yeah. that lasts a long time. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that wood is a good- Can you just- can you It was an excellent insulator. Yeah. Can you give me an audio bite of you just saying the word complaining? Complaining? Thank quit you. Audio, Austin in post is gonna go replace your you should say Quit also you. complaining. Quit your complaining. Yeah. About. Quit your complaining about. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It, so I, I think that completely answers the question. So he, he was asking, fired up on that do, you, do you recommend Pilkington Spacia? It is the best insulation glass. That's what I heard. Uh, that, that, that does, does answer the question. And that other glass he's talking about is 
it looked like it would have been too thick to use in your application yeah, I, anyways. I, I, again, I'm not. We don't know what that is. Let, let's 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 have a product live for 20 years before we even start <clears> talking <throat> about. Uh, I remember on our houses, PEX, before our plumber came to us and said, look, PEX has been around for at least 20 years. He goes, I think we can now start safely using it. Right. I appreciated that approach mm -hmm. as opposed to saying, I found this new product. And, you know, then it leaks in your walls and you, everybody's pissed off. Mm -hmm. Everybody's mad. Everybody's mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, can we put a parental advisory explicit content <laughs> at the beginning of this one? <laughs> um, Sorry about that. No, it's funny. Okay. That we had a, uh, here we go. We're ready. Yeah. Sorry, I just found it. This is from actually the same guy who asked the last question about the windows. His name's Ryan Sue Four Thousand. I forgot to say Ryan it. Ryan actually he follows me. He actually has really good questions. Yeah, he does. I mean, he he is uh, very thoughtful. So Ryan, thanks for all your questions. Thanks for your stuff. He he actually will send me videos. Hey, y'all, look at this. Y'all yeah. look at this. So it's good stuff. I trust Ryan's questions. That's Go ahead. Good. That's good. It, well, it, one thing, sorry, we didn't answer this in the last question. He did ask, does it come in other styles than double hung? And the answer is yes. Correct. But the casements or ahead. double hung. Go ahead and explain. Single? What is casement? It doesn't come single, right? Because that's the whole. What? The, well, it's single. The single hung? Window, do you have a single hung 100 yeah. year window? Well, yeah, you can do single hung for sure. But the, single hung just means the top sash is not weighted. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. And so, yes, we'll, we'll, we, in fact, we've done it a lot, yeah. those single hung. And and historically, you could get single hung windows. Yeah. And today with air conditioning, most people want operability in their sash, but very few people are lowering their top sash, mm -hmm. even though it can create incredible convection air through your house, like on a- um, Super hot Texas day. Well, not only in that day, but I'm thinking even on a spring day. The spring day, it's been winter. It's kind of stuffy in your house. Open that up. The air movement nice. you get through your house is awesome. So, but we do single hung. They make a lot of sense for new houses. We also do a casement. So those are the two window styles historically that- You have, you've done a triple hung, right? We've done a triple hung. What is a casement? Sorry. Casement like a French a, door. It's a window that opens like a door. Oh, cool. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of a double. French casement, right? Is a double? Or is that French casement is actually an in-swing casement. Okay. So you have out-swing and in-swing casements. French doing it backwards. Classic. All right. So this next question by Ryan Sue is, um, hello. Very Hi. Formal. Many dormers on older homes were there just to provide an interesting feature on the roof. Um, this is from our dormer clip. That's I think not I true. said that. Um, no, you trust Ryan Sue. He said, many dormers <laughs> on older homes were there just to provide an interesting feature on the roof. The space behind them was typically an empty attic, and therefore the dormer walls didn't need to be insulated. Is that? That's true. Okay, so you did leave. Uh, since, <laughs> since people now use their attic spaces for bedrooms and other functions, how do you provide a high level of insulation inside the dormer's sidewalls without making them the front picture frame of trim around the dormer window look too wide and out of proportion? Again, you're 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 confusing function and you know aesthetics. Okay. If your goal is pure function, then because what he's referencing is when we talk about building historic dormers, historically they would take the side stud wall mm -hmm. and actually turn it on its flat, okay? So that it was very thin. Mm -hmm. So the trim around the window actually covered to the outside edge of the dormer. And he said, well, how do you insulate that? Mm -hmm. Because you're now not operating with four inches of space, you're now operating with- Inch and a half. Two, inch and a half, yeah. So and the studs real wide and mm -hmm. so you know it's taking up space there um and so technically if if your goal is is energy performance then you're probably going to want to have a wider space in there and everything else i would say i would sacrifice the three percent of wall space that's going to be made up in that attic of dormer walls mm -hmm. and say you know just insulate those well get it airtight really because mm -hmm. air movement is what's going to be causing the bigger problem and I would have aesthetics over function, okay? But if you really want to get your R value and really want to fight those things and get down to a passive house, then yeah, then 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 you handle the the framing of that side dormer wall differently. But look, I mean, how much, and I said 3%, how much of your attic wall is going to be side walls of dormers? 3% probably. Yeah, very small. Yeah. I mean, so it's just like, I, I, it bugs me. I, if I sound annoyed, 
You do. It it bugs me when guys want to chase after these performance things to the detriment of everything else. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, you're just like, okay, really? Do you want to get to the, to the, to the hundred percent so you can check the box or can we be at 89 and, you know, have a beautiful house? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That that makes sense, but also I I would ask the question, to, like you're turning the wood on its side, wouldn't that actually help insulate or no? It is wood is a good thermal break. I know okay? it's not airtight, but it, it is it, a thermal break. Yeah, it's not airtight. The the great analogy that I had one time, a guy used to work for me. I need to go find this guy. There's apparently a one armed. <laughs> I don't know why this is funny, but it's happening. funny that that, I, that that's what I remember about him. He was a, he was a energy, he had one arm. Well, energy, energy, efficiency, energy efficiency engineer. Okay. Yeah. That's energy efficiency aficionado. <laughs> yeah. Uh, engineer who his analogy. Okay. For, for airtight houses, he goes, he said, what is the absolute coldest, uh, coldest, uh, weather we could be like, what's the coldest temperature you think we'd have to deal with? Like here. Yeah. Like 10. So okay, let's yeah. let's say it's negative sixty. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and, okay. and what's and what is the 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 strongest wind we're ever going to have? I don't know, like forty. Yeah, let's say it's three hundred miles an hour. Okay, okay. So <laughs> why? Because in an airplane, okay, it's negative sixty degrees, and you're flying at five hundred miles an hour, uh-huh. right? And yet you're fairly comfortable in that space. Yeah. Why? Because. If you've ever been in an exit row of an airplane, you can actually feel air coming through and it's really cold. Uh-huh. Okay. His his whole point was it's airflow that causes the problem, yeah. not those temperatures and not that wind. Yeah. So if you can seal that okay. dormer up and keep the airflow from coming in, yeah. if it's airtight, then it doesn't matter the if difference it's negative between, 60 and, yeah, the yeah. difference between the thing isn't as big a deal mm-hmm. as airflow. When I thought that was a good analogy. Yeah. And What's so, the one, what, where's the one arm come into play? Is that just, <laughs> <laughs> is that just, the, you just threw that That was there. the memorable feature oh, okay. that the guy, that, the, <laughs> that so I had a project manager. I don't remember anything about what he said, but he had one arm. <laughs> he was a, uh, so I had a project manager from Arkansas. Okay. okay. Oh, there's another feature. Yeah. And he <laughs> he was telling Don't remember me his name. Now this is this is like two thousand nine. Okay. Um maybe even two thousand five is <laughs> something like that. And so this was pre YouTube. Yeah. Okay. This is pre Wait, two thousand five? YouTube's 2009. Three. It was a dating app in 2000. Dating app? YouTube. Yes. <laughs> what? Wait, what in 2003? Jackson, no, Jackson's, Jackson's firing away. It was five. Uh, it's 2005, February 14th, 2005. YouTube expert right here. Wow. <laughs> so let me just say it was very early in yeah, YouTube's first, world. Yeah, okay. No dating app. <laughs> it was not when it was a dating app. Um, and so it. <laughs> He was watching these VHS, I guess, mm-hmm. videos of this guy. And he goes, he's kind of funny dude. I mean, he's got one arm. He's oh, like okay. from Arkansas. Oh, yeah. And so I was like. So you didn't actually know this guy? I didn't know him. Oh, yeah. okay. I never, I just saw, I just saw his videos. I yeah, thought you were yeah, like, just I thought you knew the guy. That's how I was like, why no, don't you know no, his no, name? No. And I need to go, <laughs> I need to go chase it down because I remember. You also said, I need to go find this guy, which made it seem <laughs> yeah, like, you knew like the national treasure. He was lost somewhere. I got. He go is find lost him. to me. And someone, someone actually just watching this video. His is gonna videos go. are lost. Yeah, comment if you know the His video. videos are probably awesome. on YouTube. They probably are. They might be. Just one arm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's got to be there. It's got to be there. Um, anyway, so Ryan Sue, good question. I think it's air infiltration, and I would be fighting for aesthetics before I'd be fighting for a, you know, lower R value in that three percent of your roof uh, wall face. Awesome. Uh, and our last one was a short that I had. We had three comments on that I thought were really funny <clears throat> or fun. Maybe not. Fun. I don't know. Right. So uh, <laughs> the sorry, the episode was what style is the White House? Is the that was the the question. So we it was a clip, and we asked, "What style is the White House?" It's a short clip, and uh, everyone replied. Um, we had three replies. One said uh, Georgian. 
Uh, one said Roman with Doric columns. And then one said, I'm, it's taking money from poor people since the 1800s <laughs> style and giving to the rich style. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was those were the three comments on the video. What style did we say? I know it's a hybrid. I know that's what we like ultimately. Neoclassical? Oh, neoclassical that, probably is. A... It, it's, it, I've always understood it as Palladium. And so, you know, it's it's not built. Is sound Hold on. I'm going to watch the clip. I just want to make sure. Okay, it was just you. I, I just want to make sure it was the right. And it did sound dumb. Um, James Hoban was the architect, and uh, he was a Palladian aficionado. And so the temple front with the columns and things like that is Palladian. I'd probably say it's that more than anything. It was built during the federal period, so it's not Georgian. Um, but I understand why that guy might have said it looks Georgian because it looks like a Palladian villa, which is more Georgian in style. So, yeah, I mean, look, the, it's it's funny because the Thistle Hill uh, is neoclassical. Yeah. Okay. Um, somebody back then, a realtor or somebody said it's neo-Georgian. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's nothing Georgian in that house. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's not neo-Georgian. There's no Georgian building that looks like that. Yeah. So it's just like, who who decided that? And so I'm at a... Uh, the, there's a TCU interior design course that's uh -huh. doing these these things. And yeah. so every one of them got up and said, we know it's Neo-Georgian. We know it's Neo-Georgian. Yeah. I was just like, they're not here. Um, Are you in the audience? Yeah, I was the judge um, during their during their uh, their design competition they for- Did you just for roast them? them? Yeah. How'd you no, handle it? I ignored it. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. Glad, glad you're teaching people. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, uh, no, should, they should watch this video. Yeah. Well, speaking of, there was one more comment that was left behind on this video it was very funny. It said, uh, thanks out. Shout out to Scotty P 1303. Um, thanks for clarifying that I'm clicking. Do not recommend. <laughs> so he, he's opted out of our videos. Entirely. Hey, we're sorry to see you go. So, so we're out of his algorithm, but he was, uh, he was happy to hear the clarify clarification of the white house. So, uh, guys, that's all the, the questions that we've got this week. Uh, we have made a, you know, actually sizable dent into some of the questions that we've gotten. Really? Um, yeah, we're, we're two months back. So okay. uh, actually pretty good. Um, so we, we may do a part two to this one again. Uh, we, I think we've had some good productive conversations. And um, anyway, thank you guys for watching. Uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, just remember, if you want to see these first thing, you can join in the Patreon and, uh, and hear a lot of these answers. So, uh, see you soon.